You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Tuesday. Boy, do we got a show for you. Going to talk a little bit about what I mentioned yesterday in regards to filming for Bachelorette, Golden Bachelorette, is Bachelor in Paradise going away, all that stuff. I talk about that again, just clarify some things. Um, we mentioned Taylor Swift on Sunday in Foxborough at the Chiefs Patriots game. We've got a crazy story of what a groom said when he was saying his vows. <laughs> it was just bizarre. And most of this podcast is going to be spent today on an email that Laura Owens sent to Clayton Eckerd five weeks after their hookup night, well before she ever went public with the story. And holy shit, Dave read the email on his YouTube video yesterday. I'm going to read it today, along with Clayton's response. It's going to take up most of today's podcast, but I'm sorry, you have to hear this. And then you know why we've been talking about this case for the last two months. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's, let's start out with this. And that is what I mentioned yesterday in regards to the rumors I was hearing, unconfirmed rumors, that Bachelor in Paradise is going away in 2024. I don't know if this means it's being replaced by something else. I don't know if this means it's gone forever. What I do know, though, is after the Bachelorette films from March to May, they are going into filming Golden Bachelorette. That's what I was told. The unconfirmed part is about Bachelor in Paradise going away, but... If Golden Bachelorette's going to film right after Bachelorette ends filming, which is around first week of May, and let's say they take a week or two off, then they start filming Golden Bachelorette, and they're going to give it more time, clearly, than they gave it last year. And last year it only filmed for three weeks. My guess is they'll probably go to six weeks. Then you're looking at that's going to film from, what, mid-May to the end of June. Well, Bachelor in Paradise films in June. Are you really going to push Bachelor in Paradise all the way back to you know, mid-July through mid-August, I, 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 I just don't see that happening. So while the report is unconfirmed that Bachelor in Paradise is going away, it certainly seems like this is what's happening. But we don't know for sure. We, we will not know for sure probably for a few months. Here's the other thing you got to keep in mind for this summer, or sorry, next summer, 2024. Back in 2020, before the pandemic hit in March of 2020, there was talk that they were going to do a summer games, bachelor summer games. Well, pandemic hits in March. They had to cancel bachelor in paradise. They had to cancel any plans they had for a summer games edition, but 2024 we're back on summer games. What are they in Paris this year? Right? So it is a possibility because something like that is probably going to only take, would only take a couple weeks to film. That's not a six week production. So, that kind of is something to keep in mind. So maybe they go Bachelorette. Bachelorette will air in its normal time, either end of June or beginning of July until, you know, uh, middle August, end of August, depending on when they start it. And then in September, during the summer, maybe you air uh, some sort of summer games. But when they have done, when they did the winter games in the past, they ran it at the same time the Winter Games was airing. So, again, I'm throwing it out there, but I, I don't even know how they would do it because you would have to run it in July because isn't that when the Summer Olympics take place? Is it July or August? I don't even know. 
because sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not an Olympics guy. I'll watch certain events, but I'm not well-versed on when it airs. I just know it airs in the summer. So that's something to keep in mind. They were thinking about it for 2020, which means you would think it's a possibility for 2024. And now, knowing that Golden Bachelorette is going to film after Bachelorette makes me think, okay, that's definitely taking the place of Paradise. But we won't know for sure until the show says something. Um, funny thing happened on Sunday in Foxborough, Massachusetts at the Chiefs Patriots game. Not funny that Taylor Swift showed up. We all expected her to be there, but there was a play in the game where Travis Kelsey, I'd say he flopped, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know any other way around to describe it, but I think he definitely flopped in the end zone defender kind of hit him, but he kind of fell. And then they immediately panned to Taylor in the suite and she stands up and you can hear her mouth the word, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, look, Taylor, she even basically admitted it in the Time Magazine piece on her because she said something to the effect of she's really enjoying the football aspect of this. She's enjoying going to the games and made a comment about how basically she's missed out all these years. Well, if you're saying you missed out all these years, that basically means you're just starting to watch. And it's clear that Taylor knows nothing about football. And look, I'm not saying that women don't know anything about football, because plenty do. I'm saying Taylor doesn't, which is fine. If she's never watched it her whole life, and this is her first foray into watching NFL football, then she basically started a couple months ago, when the first game she attended was the Bears at the Chiefs. We all remember that day. It was all over social media. And basically every other game she's appeared at has been all over social media. But once she did the Time Person of the Year piece, if you read it, which was excellent, she made a reference to the fact that, yeah, I'm kind of kind of missed out all these years. I'm kind of liking this. Okay, then you don't know all the rules yet. <laughs> you because because Travis didn't catch a ball in the end zone that was thrown over his head. Doesn't mean the other team committed a foul. Doesn't mean it was defensive PI. Doesn't mean you have to drop F bombs in the suite because little little Travis didn't catch his touchdown pass. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's funny. The whole thing is funny. And like I said last week, the funniest part about all of this is the entertainment sites that now have to cover football and they don't understand the first fucking thing about how football works. And they're thinking that Travis is making a business decision by spending time with the team and attending mandatory practices during the season. You think the team is fighting for a high seed in the AFC playoffs. They have been to the AFC championship game five years in a row. This is the last month of the season, and the entertainment sites are acting like Travis is, I don't know, doing something noble by attending practices. <laughs> These people don't know shit. It's so funny. I hope they produce more and more content that says like, oh, guess what? Travis caught a touchdown. That's worth six points. <laughs> something stupid like that. Um, and here, here's a story. Before we end this, we're going to spend the last 10 to 15 minutes on the on the, uh, the Clayton case. Um, did you see this story? The title of the story that I saw, I was like, wait, what? 
It says, bride shares emotional vows. Groom only promises to smack that ass instead, <laughs> shocking everyone. So I was just like, really? Do we have video footage of this? Oh, yes, we do. And I, it's, it'd be tough to put up the speaker to the microphone. So basically, <laughs> the bride read her vows. This was in Kentucky. Happened back in September. And the bride read her vows. And then the, her name is Caitlin Brooks. His name is Cody Sheehan. And then Cody, in response, said, I promise to smack that ass every chance I can get. And then people were kind of giggling or whatever. I was like, okay, continue with your vows. And he's like, that's all I got. And the officiant asks, is that it? And he's like, yeah. And then the officiant's like, come on, Cody, are you sure? And he said, I didn't write nothing out. And the officiant still says, that's what you're going out with. And Cody says, yeah, that's what I'm going out with. There is a uh, video of this on TikTok. You have to go to CK Entertainment Services. That's the TikTok account and play it. And you can hear Cody say that. And um, it just, boy, you talk about true love. You talk about getting started on the right foot, right? In a marriage, you lovingly read your vows to your groom, your future husband, the man you want to spend the rest of your life with. And he comes back with, I promise to smack that ass every chance I can get. <laughs> oh, God. And, and look, maybe this guy's a total practical joker. It would have made more sense if he said that and then is like, okay, let me let me get serious here for a minute. This is your wedding day. I don't know. Maybe this is considered normal in the state of Kentucky. I have no idea. But I got to believe the bride wasn't too thrilled with that. But what do I know? Guys, you've probably heard about microdosing. Microdosing, excuse me. If not, just know all sorts of people are doing it now to feel healthier and perform better. Immediately, you're probably thinking something like, oh, I'm not, I'm not interested in taking any sort of weed or some THC. No. It's kind of like giving you that just right feeling when your mind is at peace, your body's at peace, and it just does that for you. It relieves anxiety or pain or muscle tension. It can get you to focus a little better. It can be used as an exercise or post-workout recovery. It helps you fall asleep, and it keeps you staying asleep. Microdose gummies do exactly what someone like me would want them to do because I'm not a weed guy at all. I don't smoke out. I never have. But a little tiny dose of THC worked for me, and it's really all I need. Just a half a gummy is the perfect dose to help me relax at the end of the day and get caught off all the things that are going on, any sort of stresses that are going on in my life. It just kind of all goes away. So to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code REALITYSTEVE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. That's microdose.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE. microdose.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE for 30% off. All right, let's talk about the latest in the Clayton case. You know that I only talk about this case when something new happens. Well, Clayton has gone on the offensive, which is a good thing, because now he is basically looking to tell the Arizona courts or ask the Arizona courts, look, we need to find out if there's a pregnancy here. This woman can't keep saying what she did in her Medium article. Laura Owens wrote that Medium article that we went over a couple weeks ago. 
She can't keep saying that she's pregnant with my children when, one, we don't even know if she's pregnant, and two, if she is, are they even mine? She can't just keep saying this. So Clayton is going on the offensive now, and in Arizona courts is asking for proof of paternity. So within this, he has to obviously show a lot of things, bring up old text messages and old emails that she had sent him. And this is long before, because this all started May 20th. May 20th is the night that Laura Owens claimed her and Clayton were intimate. Still has never used the word sex to this date. Has never said I had sex with Clayton on May 20th. Just said we were intimate. Okay? Well, five weeks later, which is still months before she even decided to go public with this on uh, when she wrote that article or she gave her uh, information and told the story to the sun. And this became a public national story. She had sent Clayton a private email about what she wanted to do with everything in regards to these babies and him. This was written on June 28th. The subject of the email says, having the baby if I don't hear back tonight. Already, red flag number one, just literally extorting him. Manipulation in the most heaviest of ways. I'm going to read through this pretty fast because it's five paragraphs. Dave Neal did a video on it yesterday. If you want to listen to Dave, read it. That's fine. If you want to listen to me, read it. Listen right now. Maybe Dave and I can compete for who's going to read audiobooks in the future. Anyway, here we go. This is what she wrote him on June 28th, roughly five weeks after the night they hooked up. I'm physically and emotionally exhausted from the pregnancy and all of this. I just need clarity as to what we are doing. I have offered to give you control over the outcome of the pregnancy if we date exclusively and care for each other. I bring a lot to the table and feel like I could really make you a better person. Yes, I've called your BS a lot, but it's because I know you are better than how you act sometimes. I get your anxiety because I've been there and I truly believe in your mission, despite the fact you haven't shown me kindness when I clearly have been emotionally struggling through all of this. I couldn't give a shit that you were the bachelor and still know nothing about you other than the clips I saw of you with two girls when I was angry at you. I want to get to know you and be a great partner for you. I would feel exactly the same way if I was in the situation with any man. I need to care about someone and trust them to consider ending a human life when I want nothing more than to be a mom someday. Don't you understand that? In regards to intimacy, I know it's important to you and it is to me as well. If you think about it, having sex with me is the safest thing you can do at this point. I'm already pregnant, and if we choose to go this route and trust each other enough to have sex, then we are at the point where I would be taking abortion pills, so there's no risk. Also, under no circumstances would I have an abortion if you want to be on dating apps or seeing other women while we are figuring this out. I would want a date with intention. I know what I bring to the table as a partner, and I'm well aware that you don't want to become a father right now. It's a win-win situation for you, but a huge leap of faith for me. You haven't been trustworthy to this point, so I'm the one taking a gamble on the outcome of this. You could be leading me on, but I would take your word that you're not, because for whatever reason, despite how you've treated me, I believe in you. We're both hard-headed as hell, but I think we can make a very good team. If I don't think so, I would just go ahead and have the kid like I said. I want to be a mom more than anything in this world. And then here's in bold, she wrote this last paragraph. 
in bold. I need to know your decision tonight because I am getting rid of the abortion pills if it's a no or I don't hear back from you. I really do need to adjust my seizure medication and take other precautions for my health and the well-being of our baby if we're going to have a kid. You're the father. There's no two ways about it. So saying no here is a guarantee that you will be a dad. Holy shit. What kind of bullshit extortion manipulation is that? I mean, I, I, I could break down every single sentence. I don't feel that I need to. You just heard it. And this is the best part. Clayton responded within 25 minutes. She sent that at 8.11. He responded at 8.36. You know what he wrote back to her? I will not date you in any capacity as I do not have any interest in you, so you can proceed however you'd like. I will be awaiting the ultrasound on the eighth week, and then we'll do a paternity test as soon as I'm able to. You have told me a million times now that you'll give me one more chance to move forward with dating with you, but I'm 100% not going to do that, so please stop communicating with me from this point forward. I will find someone else to share my life, love and share my life with. I may honestly move to the East Coast at this point as well. We'll see. I can do whatever I want with my life, but what I won't do is allow you to hold me back. And don't try to explain to me that I can't move out of state and away from you. I absolutely can. All I have to do is either take 100% custody of the child or allow you to have 100% custody. Joint isn't an option and is never mandated. That's common sense. Besides, I will fight until I have no fight left in me to not have you be a part of my life. The courts can't force someone to stay with someone else. That's unheard of and has never been done. Just remember, there is no scenario in which we raise a child together, even if you have a child, which I'm still not convinced. But if you do, and it is somehow miraculously mine, like I said, I'll take care of the child if that's what it comes to, but I will not, under any circumstance, co-parent with you. Just want to make that clear. I would rather co-parent with literally anybody else besides you, as you have shown me you don't respect my opinion. You just force what you want onto people to get your way, and it is gross. That's my two cents. Take it or leave it. Again, there's no more need for conversation and no more need for you to pester me each day until the eighth week. I tell you to stop sending me messages, and you just have zero respect and keep sending them regardless. So, I suppose I'll just continue to receive them and not respond, as my days are much better when I don't interact with you. I mean, mic drop moment for Clayton there. That was June 28th. So if you're her and you get that from a guy, why would you continue to send hundreds and hundreds of messages to him? He's clearly stated every single thing in that email, how he feels about you, which is stay the fuck out of my life. And yet she didn't. I mean, that is a mic drop email response. If I've ever heard one good on you, Clayton. And like I said, this was June 28th. It's December 19th now. And this guy has still had to deal with this on numerous occasions. Now, granted, you know, whatever it was when the second hearing was when Clayton got his um, order of protection or, you know, temporary restraining order against her. She can't contact him anymore. But up until that, which was about a month ago. Yeah, he's had to deal with this. I just listen to those emails. And you know what's the best part about all this? Remember when the Sun article came out 
and Laura provided the son with all these things that Clayton had said to her, hell, half the things that she provided were in that email that he just wrote back to her on June 28th. And all she did was pickpocket and pick and choose certain phrases that he said in his email, which make him sound like an asshole. But when I read that whole email in response to what she had just written him, that doesn't make him seem like an asshole at all. That makes him seem like a rational person saying, hey, I don't want to ever have to deal with you. Please leave me alone. But yet when the story first came out, who ran with it and immediately believed it? The echo chamber of negativity, the cesspool of garbage, Reddit. All those people were jumping down Clayton's throat from the very get-go because he said these nasty things to this woman who they said was pregnant with his twins. Once again, showing their ass. I mean, you remember the article. It's still out there. All you do is Google it. Laura's article with the son and the story when it was brought to light. She said, look at all these things that Clayton said to me. Well, half of them were from this email. You know, no fight in me to, to, to have you be a part of my life. I will not under any circumstance co-parent with you. You know, I, I just, my days are much better when I don't interact with you. Yeah, these are all things he should have said to her. And he did. And she weaponized them and used them against him in the story when she never gave the full context of why he said these things. Why did he say these things? Because she just sent a crazy ass email to him saying, well, screw the abortion pills. If you don't date me, <laughs> like what? what, who does that to another human being? Seriously. Oh my God. Having sex with me is the safest thing you can do at this point. What kind of mind manipulation is this woman going through? And I'm so glad Clayton responded. It's just like, I'm not putting up with your bullshit. Leave me alone. And yet she never did. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. It's going on now in the Arizona courts. Clayton has gone on the offensive now. Hopefully we're going to get some resolution soon. And boy, I cannot wait for that day. Look, we already know what the answer is. We just need it to be official, official. Because everything that we know the answers to has just been by evidence we have received. But I'm talking about official in the court of law in Arizona where it is established, hey, this is the situation here. That's what we need. Because until then, she's just going to go through all these loopholes and Laura's going to say, well, I didn't really lose that part. And the reason this was taken away was this. Or whatever. And the reason this sample wasn't uh, didn't show that there was any fetal or you know DNA and all this stuff, that's because it fell off the truck. And we just need a final resolution to all this. We are a little over seven months into a woman's pregnancy, and she has yet to prove that she is pregnant, and she has yet to prove that they are Clayton's. Yet all she's done since June 1st, when she claims that she found out she was pregnant, remember, she claims intimate on May 20th, found out she was pregnant on June 1st. She said that under oath, which any woman out here that's listening to this right now will just be like, wait, what the fuck? You knew 11 days later you were pregnant? You might have thought you were, but nothing, no doctor is telling you 11 days after sex, which never even happened in the first place. That's also in court records. No doctor is saying, yeah, you know, you're pregnant. No. 
you can pee on all the sticks you want. You can get false positives on those things. You are not officially, quote unquote, officially pregnant 11 days after intimacy occurs. Sorry. It's just not, it's, it's not physically possible to where you know 100%. Like you could think you are. You could have symptoms that think, oh man, I think I'm pregnant based on this, 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 and this. I feel I'm pregnant. I peed on a stick. It's showing that I'm pregnant. Doesn't mean that you are. <laughs> 11 days? Really? Okay. But look, every, I mean, we can throw that argument out. It doesn't matter. Everything that's been proven since then, has been shown since then, has proven we have no idea if this woman is still pregnant. And clearly, no idea if they're even, if, and even if she is, how they could possibly be Clayton's. Yet she's claimed it for seven months. But she hasn't proven one thing, that they're Clayton's. Like, okay. So hopefully we'll be getting to some answers sooner rather than later. But, I mean, that email really takes the cake. And this is among, remember, when the judge ruled in Clayton's favor to have Laura leave him alone, she said 500 text messages and emails during this period from the time they, you know, started till now or when that case was about a month ago, she felt was very excessive and very annoying and very disturbing. 500. I just read you one. Can you imagine what some of the other ones said? I certainly can. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. If you can, the Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Check that out. Just a fact. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I cannot believe what I just read. Holy shit. Anyway, thank you all for listening and sitting through that. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.